Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the, well, the Faith FM network, guys. Mm. We are broadcasting all over Australia. Hopefully, uh, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Joined by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me, we have none other than my good friend, Brett. Brett, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, up bright and early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a better life to say yeah, today so far. Good, Here bright and early. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure your life is very interesting because you have kids in the house. Yeah, you're hanging out with those guys. I mean, I kind of feel you though as well in terms of like, ah, uh, because it's school hasn't started yet. You know, no. uni hasn't started yet, so yet. you're just kind of kicking through the days and whatnot. Mm. But it's uh, nice actually getting a bit of time with the kids. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, I got as good. Hey, and unfortunately, if you were listening yesterday or trying to listen yesterday, we uh we walked into our building where we have the breakfast show studio, which now we're in a building like we're in the bottom of a university library, mm. and you know went to turn on all the equipment and start the show. And the whole building was turned off for, wow. for maintenance, I believe. It was something like that. The whole building was turned off. We we didn't know that that was going to happen. You guys would have heard something yesterday if you were listening to The Breakfast Show. We mm. slotted in an old show, but we're back on. We're live. Excellent. It is the 8th of February, 2024. You are listening to us in the present, not from the past yep. or from Light the future. Light has returned to the catacombs beneath the library. We are all good. That's right. <laughs> That's correct. Our dungeon has been lit again. You know, we were, we were, we were without light for a little bit, but yeah. No, we're super stoked to to be back, to be living our best lives, to be kicking all kinds of goals and being able to to speak to you guys as well. Hey, let us know what you've been up to over the last couple of days because we've been away. Like we've, you know, we, we we haven't been here. Let us know, you know, how, how have you been? What has been, yeah. what, has, what has been the highlight of your week? Are you flat out during this time or are you taking it easy? Coming up in the news, we are going to be talking about history uncovered mm. and read for the first time. We're also going to be looking at just a few of the outcomes of the the uh, Anglican conversion scandal that's happening in the mm. UK at the moment, as well as gambling and betting. We'll see what's happening in that space too. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Driven by myself, mm. Lawson, got Brett sitting across from me. Shell on the decks as usual, getting it done. We had getting Pete filling in on Tuesday, but now Shell is alive and well and back. She didn't, she wasn't sick or dying mm. or anything like that. She, she just, she just wasn't here. She abandoned us. Mysterious. But she's back. But she's back. She's, she's getting it done. Hey, right now, it's time for our first quiz question. If you can get that for us, Brett. Yeah. So this is a true or false question. And, this is what we've got to respond to. Mm-hmm. Luke contains the most text of the four Gospels. Is true that or false? true or false? Mm-hmm. Now, guys, we are going to do something special today. And that is that because of yesterday, because of our hiccups, because we had no power in the building, because we weren't on the show, well, we weren't on the air. Today, we're doing double points. So if you answer a question correct, usually you get one draw into the, into the quiz and there's mm-hmm. 25 you know, total entries you can get for the week because we weren't on yesterday today is double points it's yeah. it's double points so if you answer that question correct double points you'll be able to get two entries into the draw for every single correct answer mm. today two so, for the price of one the price is still free but please text us absolutely and with a question like this it's true or false guys 
It's true or false. True or false, Luke contains the most texts of the four Gospels. But also, we have an amazing prize this week. Yeah, we do. It is 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions on God's End Time Church mm. by Dennis Smith. So this is actually um, book eight of his books, which is pretty cool. But any of them can stand alone on their own. Mm. We all need devotions, hey? It's good to actually take some time to sit down and read Absolutely. Scripture. I think it's often through the lens of how someone else perceives things because mm. we can actually like get some new ideas, you know, mm. challenge our own perceptions and see what how people have interpreted Scripture. Mm. And um, this one particularly looks at the Laodicean church. Mm. And, you know, that's that final church in the seven churches of Revelation, that lukewarm church, and mm. prophetically indicative of where we are today, right? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. I love just the concept of devotions as well, early in the morning, even at nighttime. Like, last night I, I had uh, worship with some people, you know, before, mm. and it was like, it was pretty late, it was like, you know, 9.30 or so, and it was like, mm. we had, we had a, we had a worship, and then, went to bed kind of thing. Yeah, nice. And it was, it was, it's just gives you so much peace, I think. You know, like mm. always pray before bed, always, you know, maybe read something before bed. But this was like a group worship. Well. You know, we, we read uh, a book. The, the book's called Messages to Young People. Read this book, you know, had a small discussion, mm. you know, talked about, okay, what can we apply? And then going to sleep. And it just like went to sleep so inspired. And so like, oh man, I want to live my life with God. Like this, That's this, really cool. This kind of perspective. And so that's what, devotional books and whatnot enable you to do also yes. scripture as well but this is fantastic this is all about you know 40 days of prayer connecting with god connecting with the holy spirit Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number if you yeah. know the answer and just to restate that question one last time um true or false uh, true or false rather mm-hmm. luke contains the most text of the four gospels Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. you're listening to the breakfast show this morning hey what is happening in the world of positively different news? Well, got some history news today. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm a former history teacher, so I admit to a massive personal bias for this stuff. Okay. It's, it's you're into fun. it. You're I'm about into it. it. I'm into it. You love it. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's good fun. And in this case, um, really bit of interesting news. There's a 2,000-year-old scroll mm. um, that was, or nearly 2,000 years at least, that was burned in Pompeii. Whoa. And now, it survived. Yeah. Was it like a Vegemite scroll or a cinnamon scroll? Well, this is what's really a... interesting. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's neither of those things. Okay, okay, okay. Um, lest we tempt the spy pigeons from Monday. But, yeah, yeah. Um, no, basically, <laughs> um, it's, it's just a regular scroll. But do you know how sometimes when something's burned in a fire, yeah. you can still see the words on it? Yeah. But the second you touch it, it, it crumbles. It crumbles. It turns yeah, into nothing, yeah, yeah. right? Um, yeah, it's it's like that. It's this burn scroll. Of mm-hmm. course, it was burned in the massive volcanic eruption of yeah. 79 AD. Like That's mm-hmm. what Pompeii is famous for. For those who don't know, it's this Roman town that's been pretty much preserved under layers and layers of ash mm. um, because, yeah, it was destroyed in a volcanic eruption. Mm. And um, it's a pretty crazy place, pretty cool place to go, mm. um, certainly on my bucket list if ever I go to Italy. But, um, you know, it's a really cool place. And in this case, yeah, there's this scroll that has been burned and... It's rolled up, but within it, the words are theoretically still legible. At least that's what people were thinking. Mm. Um, but, of course, the second you touch the thing, it's going to crumble. 
So archaeologists have had to handle it very carefully, and they've never risked opening it before mm. because because of that fear. But with um with AI technology, no, interestingly, no way. Okay, AI has been yeah, crazy. It, dude, it's, this is fantastic. Okay, yeah. can, continue. Combined with these sort of high intensity scans, mm. um, they've actually been able to decode eighty percent of this scroll. Wow. So not all of it, admittedly. There's bits that have been lost and destroyed, but eighty percent of this scroll, written in ancient Greek, interestingly, because Greek yeah. and Latin were both uh, major languages in the Roman Empire. Yeah, particularly at that time, like when yeah. we talk about seventy nine AD. Yeah, Greek yeah. was and particularly very southern, used. Yeah, yeah, southern Italy too, because southern yeah. Italy had been historically Greek. Yeah, and um, yeah, basically this scroll. Um, it, it didn't say anything particularly important, I suppose, but it was just a slice of life. It was basically mm. about, uh, it talks about music, food, and how to enjoy life's pleasures. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. you know, like, so nothing groundbreaking in our historical knowledge, yeah. but certainly an interesting snapshot at mm-hmm. people's lives and how they viewed things. It seems to have been potentially a Dionysian scroll. Yeah. So to do with the pagan god Dionysus and yeah. like how to basically, he was like the god of indulgence, basically. So like yeah. how to have fun. Um, so it's a really, really interesting sort of thing. Um, that these these students actually were able to do this with the AI with the scans. Um, mm-hmm. Their names were um, Daniel Gross and Nat Friedman, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's pretty cool how they were able to do that. Yeah, I love um, I love the contents of the scroll as well as you said, like slice of life in the sense that it's like just you know a bunch of things that they were getting up to, and and yeah. obviously you know some of their religious convictions and reflecting mm. on it too. It, w- it would be gnarly if it was like a massive you know, conspiracy scroll, and it was yeah. like Julius is actually alive <laughs> and living in this underground bunker and da 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 or so, something something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, but no, it's just it's just uh, you know. How to live your best life, I guess. Yeah, and you know, to be fair, that's the stuff that doesn't often appear on the written record. Yeah. So, wow. like, we, we deduce this stuff from archaeology, mm. but, um, you know, on the written record, it's sometimes hard to know what people have been up to with their day to day lives because the written record's often dealing with the big stories, you yeah. know, the conquests, the glory, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. that we've been able to find something that just talks about, you know, at the end of the day, how to enjoy good food, uh, good music, stuff like that. Um, it's just a very mundane sort of thing. But, you know, it's similar to, like, are people in 2,000 years from now, if the world lasts that long, mm. um, going to know how to use a microwave or something yeah. like that? You know, basic things that are familiar to well, us today well, that we don't thing. necessarily write about a lot. But the mundane is so captured in our era, mm. like, compared to, definitely compared to back then. And I wonder that's what true. that transition was, because obviously it became easier and easier and easier throughout history to have access to paper and more people became literate. Mm. And then obviously the explosion of, you know, paper and literacy and all those things yeah. coming into the, the 20th century. Now, the 21st century, everything's electronically captured. So, mm. man, we know everything about everything. You know, if I was to Google search, like, the most mundane thing, like, what's the best way to cook my two-minute noodles? Like, yeah, that's true. There are, like, one of the most mundane tasks there is. There's, mm. like, stacks of information about it. So, I'm just thinking, like, when that transition transition was yeah uh, but furthermore it's like it as you said it's it's really remarkable it's really cool because like uh i would imagine that our estimation about daily life and how it was actually mm. done back then i think we'd have some literary sources but it'd also be just like observing ruins and those kinds yeah. of things things like okay the house was built like this therefore probably they acted this way yeah there's a lot of guesswork i remember reading this story once about something called a roman dodecahedra which was a dodecahedron Mm. with all these little knobs it was a little small thing fit into Mm. the hand um 
nobody really knew what it was for, mm. and they just guessed it was a religious item until um, someone, according to the urban legend at least, it was an archaeologist's mother, figured out that it was um, used for knitting. Oh. Because it had this sort of, you, you could loop the, the string around it. I'm not a knitting expert, forgive yeah. me. But you could, um, yeah, so no, we need, sometimes we need, we need it's Monica a lot of guesswork, right? We need, uh, we need Mon, uh, former host of The Breakfast <laughs> Show. She would know what's up. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so yeah, you're winding your string around yeah. and whatnot. That's so, so you know, like that, that, just to illustrate your point, you know, it can be really hard to figure out what these things mean from archaeology. So getting some written backup is good. And, you know, that's what's remarkable about the Bible when you yeah, think about it. Absolutely. You know, the Bible includes, like, the entire rationale and the rules of an ancient society. Like, mm. that, like that's pretty rare, believe it or not. It's and also, not just the stories of the great figures, though it certainly is that too. Yeah, and the the rationale, the rules lived out yeah. as well. In There there are some pretty mundane scenes within mm. the Bible of people. Like, the, I think the Bible is full of important information, but simultaneously, like, those important, uh, important events are often happening within scenes of, yes, war yeah. and conquest, but also over a meal. Yeah, uh, you know, in in a house uh, yeah. or something like that. How Passover so was celebrated and how it changed over time. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Mm. And right now, it's time to get into our second quiz question for today. Excellent. So, question two is multiple choice. So, be ready to text in an A, B, C, or D, or simply the mm. answer. The question is: God said, "When His word goes out, it will not return." A void. B, again, C, ever, or D, to heaven. Mm. So just that one again. God said when his word goes out, it will not return. A, void. B, again, C, ever, or D, to heaven. Mm. If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491-064-669. That is our number. And, of course, we've got to remind you guys, it is double points today for points. our draw. So, guys, you got to get in, answer some questions. Your answers will be bolstered. They're, they're worth more now because we were a little bit off air. Well, very off air yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, guys, double points this morning. Get an answer in. And, hey, it's A, B, C, or D. If you're not sure on the answer there, it's, it's one of those numbers. Oh, one numbers. of those letters, I should say. Um, 0491-064-669. Excellent. Yeah, and if you text through your correct answer, you go in the draw to win an awesome devotional book by mm. Dennis Smith, 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions on God's End Time Church, just sort of looking at us, where we are in prophetic history, mm. and you know where we go from here and where what our call is and how we connect with God. So, yeah, look into that. It is a prize worth winning. Double points today, not double demerit points, Lawson, just yes. double points. Not that it affects are. me, but okay, yeah. <laughs> Listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Hey, uh, it is time to... To get into our, uh, we, we can see a bunch of correct answers coming through. Good on you guys. Uh, it's now time to get into some news. Uh, I just want to say, like, I, I talked about a story on Tuesday, and I'm just going to want to give a quick update because I absolutely called, like, a scandal. Mm-hmm. I absolutely did. I, 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 on the air, I think it was either a couple weeks ago or about a month ago. I can't remember if it was at the end of last year or the beginning of this year. I brought out like my problem with Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury's obsession with like basically asylum seekers and climate change. I'm like, this is a, he's a leader of a church, but he doesn't talk about the gospel. Mm. He doesn't talk about conversions. All he talks about is like lobbying, uh, government over these political social issues like yeah. what is he doing uh, and, and particularly with silent asylum seekers like that's 
all they would talk about is asylum seekers, like every tweet, asylum mm. seekers, da da da. And it's it's actually turned out that there is now a massive scandal that's under investigation, like politically and you wow. know from the police and whatnot into the Anglican Church, um, because basically what they found is you know after an attack that happened in Clapham last week in the UK, after mm. this terrible attack from this asylum seeker who had claimed to be Christian, and they looked into his background, and now they're finding like there are all of these asylum asylum seekers that are feigning conversion to Christianity and their conversions being signed off by Anglican leaders and that is like the only sector of the church that's growing so it's good for their numbers so this is like (laughs) this is you know a huge scandal now and it's being like speak spoken about in parliament and they're they're doing an investigation into this and and yeah they're now calling the the Anglican church well they're they're and they're they're Pointing this towards Christianity, but it is really like the Anglican Church is at the center of this, facilitating industry-scale bogus asylum claims. Wow, that is that is what the the church, uh, the Anglican Church in the UK, is now viewed as. And um, I, I, although I can sit here and say like I called it, I was seeing, <laughs> you know, I saw the sides, but at the same time, like I feel like this situation is incredibly sad because it reflects onto all Christianity. Mm. Now the narrative is being shared that oh. Christians and churches are trying to feign conversions to keep their relevance. They're on the yeah. way out in the UK. Uh, churches don't matter. Da, 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 da. It's and dishonest, eh? That's right. And it's, it might even be a, a, an attempt to cling to institutional power because yeah. the Church of England is the established church in the UK. It's the mm. it's the state church, at least in England. Yeah. And they've even got set representatives in the House of Lords. There yeah. is actually a political side to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it's unfortunate this this has happened because it reminds me of, you know, it, it reminds me of the story of David uh, when David commits his great, great sin, Bathsheba and mm. Uriah and whatnot. He's told by the Lord, you know, like you've committed the sin, you can repent, you can come back. But he says, because of you, many people will make excuse. Mm. And I, I, I look at a story like this and I just feel as though the, the, how it represents Christianity and the kind of uh, example of dishonesty that it's setting to mm. the world and other institutions and whatnot, I I feel as though it's it's ultimately it, it's a bad witness of God and it's something that Christians and these people will you know be accountable for. Yeah, uh, it's it's a sin that they need to repent for. But furthermore, it's something that you know by a bad example we lead others into into sin. Yeah, it is it is a rough thing for the CV, and um you know there there is a um. I've seen a few videos actually on YouTube of people mm. leaving the CV altogether because of this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, not just this particular scandal, but many scandals surrounding yeah. Welby. Mm. Um, and in fact, Welby himself was removed as head of the Anglican Communion by mm. many of the, um, they called them the GAFCON churches, yes. the Global Anglican Fellowship. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of Anglicans really unhappy with how mm. Welby's handling things. Yeah. So we will see, you know, how this is handled in the future and what happens to the to the Anglican Church from here, the Church of England. Yeah. Hey, also, we have coming up this weekend, I, I believe it's this weekend or, you know, coming up at that time, uh, the most watched sports event that there is on earth. Do do you know what that is? I don't actually. Yeah. Well, it's kind of confusing for us as Australians because we think like, why, how does that make sense? But actually the Super Bowl, like the the finals for the NFL is the single most watched sports event on earth. Uh, Wow. uh, Like every, every single year. When the Olympics is on, it 
it even it challenges the Super Bowl, but the Super mm. Bowl is is as a, as as an event, it is one of the most watched in the world. Uh, wow. You know, also the World Cup is is amongst it very watched. Yeah, as yeah. Well. I, was, I didn't expect American football. Hey. Because yeah. like it's just American, but I yeah. guess there's a lot of Americans. Yeah, it's it's a it's a massive as a singular event. It's yeah, massive. Now insane. the reason I want to bring this up is because also this is the single most betted on or gambled on Ooh. event. Ooh. I, I, like this, it's huge. Uh, yeah. The gambling that takes place, and that's particularly because as well, like the uh, the NFL and certain teams and you know broadcast networks and whatnot are partnered with gambling sites yeah. and gambling networks, and as as a result. Um, that means that people are drawn into that direction and give mm. that attention. Now, there was a survey that was put out across the UK. Uh, sorry, I should say the US. Uh, a thousand Protestant pastors um, were surveyed regarding gambling, and 55% of those pastors consider gambling on the practice of gambling as morally objectionable. Mm. Uh, whereas there was there was only thirteen who are actually in support of nationwide uh, nationwide legalization of gambling and sports yeah, well. betting. Uh, now sports betting is you know before like compared to the pokies and compared to casinos and whatnot is very unregulated and now mm. is becoming more and more more and more regulated as a result of how popular it's getting. And because of this, um, yeah, it's it's. I I want to say going going into this time, you know, gambling is a terrible vice. Yeah, it's a terrible vice and a terrible addiction, and you destroys know, lives. That's right. It, similarly to something like, for example, smoking, uh, where we don't necessarily have the biblical data that says like this is wrong. Yeah. You know? Uh, gambling, it, like the Bible talks about how it's wrong to to partake in ill-gotten gains and to yeah. chase money. You know, to live a life chasing money or or, or chasing after um, unjust riches and whatnot is wrong. And you could make it, it's like oh, but it's it's regulated by the government. You know, what well, what I have to say about this is gambling. I think the perspective of trying to to you know placing your finances on chance and mm. trying to get something out of it is not a smart financial practice. Yeah, it's not wise stewardship, that's it for sure. It is definitely not. But furthermore, it's supporting an industry that is so predatory. Mm. They're so, the ones who win, hey? That's right. Yeah. Uh, there is not a single person or group of people on earth who have ever beat the gamble, you know, yeah. the gambling establishments. You know, we don't, you don't, the house always wins. Mm, uh, always. As much as you can win, you can't win enough um, to actually, mm. you know, people can't win enough to actually win. And, and these institutions are set up just to prey on people and their finances. It really, at the mm. end of the day, is is an unregulated non-government tax that a lot of people are paying into because of yeah. their hopes of getting rich. And so we want to encourage, if you're listening to the show this morning and you're on the fence about this issue or maybe you come from that background, mm. um, consider a different tact in life, you know, although it will be, uh, and as the sports seasons and whatnot start here in Australia mm. and, and, you know, gambling will be advertised and pushed and, and people will be... Um, pushing that direction, yeah. yeah. Stay, stay strong in conviction and hold on to the words yeah. of Christ that He will provide for you. Yeah, and you know, if you want to have a discussion about it, text in. Yeah, like share your perspective. Hey, Let's, let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now, we are going to have our next quiz question. Mm. So, question number three. This is a fill in the blank question. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say a verse and fill it in. Mm-hmm. You who love the Lord, something evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. So once again, you who love the Lord, something, fill in this blank, 
evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. And as a bit of a hint, you can find that one in Psalm 97 somewhere. That's right, so Psalm 97. Again, that number is 0491064669. Our 40 Days of Prayer devotional is what you guys are gunning mm. for. Again, that number is 0491064669 is the number to text if you know the answer. And every single answer day will be double points. So mm. it's worth more, double guys. Points. Get in for that. You who love the Lord, blank evil. Let us know. Listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and on the phone with us, we have one of my good friends. Oh, I'm so stoked to have him here. Rod Bailey, are you there with us? Uh, good morning. Yes. Good morning. We are so so glad to have you on here because whenever you call us, we get to talk about all things planting, gardening, mm. eating vegetables. Like It's just, just absolutely fantastic. We are super stoked to... Have you? And I, what we're keen to, to know, what are we getting into today? Well, I just want a bit of a report, Lawson. Oh, okay. how, how, right. how, are your, how are your lettuces growing? Okay, so, okay, here's my, here's my report. Uh, it's, it's not just lettuce. It's tomatoes. It's a group of herbs. It's, we even threw some, some eggplants in, although our hopes are not high as to, you know, how those will go. But the one, the one that I'm having trouble with where I'm, I'm on, I'm in the process of importing some dirt into a flower bed that I've made <laughs> so that I can plant my lettuce. My lettuce is there. It's being attended to. It's being, it's being looked after. Um, but it's not in a flower bed yet, but. I have like full committed to to the planting gardening life, and it, uh, mate, my plants are growing. There, there's more leaves coming out and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm in, Rod. I'm I'm in. We're getting it done. Fantastic, right? That's that's really exciting. Yeah, we've got we've set up a few beds. We've got like two smaller beds, and then this one one big garden bed, which we want to throw a bunch of stuff in. But that that one isn't prepared yet. We've laid down. There's like some soil in the bottom with like grass clippings and whatnot. Then we've laid down some cardboard on top of it, and then we'll yep. get some soil in on top of that. So we've got some manure as well that we bought. Get some manure yep. in, and then that's where the lettuces will go. Mm. Oh, that sounds fantastic. You know, last time we were talking, um, you were speaking in the context of growing a few lettuce in the, in some garden pots. Yes. And here now we're talking about garden beds and big garden beds and tomatoes and eggplants. So I'm, I think you've caught the bug. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I warned you last time, be careful, <laughs> it doesn't turn into an addiction. <laughs> I no, think that re- right now, it's like, you know, it's it's not a solo project, you know, I'm doing it with some offsiders as well, we're getting in and we're, we're gardening, uh, but I think right now, it's like, okay, you know, taking the steps, doing it, I think once I eat the first product of the garden, that's when that's when things will change. I think once once that hits, once it's like I grew this and I ate it and it's fantastic, I think that you know the the dopamine response in my brain is going to be as such that I'll I'm just going to be living the gardening life. Uh, that's that's fantastic. You know, uh, I I'm really glad to hear that you're, you're branching out. And mm. I thought today um, we might talk um, about one of my favourite veggies that is a summer veggie that loves loves the warmth of this mm. season and uh, grows really nicely into autumn as well. Um, that goes so well 
with um, your lettuce and your tomatoes that you mm. mentioned, and that is cucumber. Oh. Um, yes. Cucumber, as we call it botanically. Um, um, kiwis are a super popular. Um, we grow a lot of them in our organic market garden, and once again, like lettuce, they're relatively easy to grow, relatively easy to look after. Um, so I thought we might talk about that t- this morning. Mm, yeah, mm. Uh, dude, cucumber is like the highlight of the salad for me. Like, I love lettuce, I love tomato. Dude, cucumber is amazing. Cucumber is like my go-to as well. It's my go-to sushi ingredient. Like, it's <laughs> so good. Like, so many applications. I am excited. How? Like, because obviously now, like, I've got this big garden bed that's going to be made. I'm going to be chucking the lettuce in there, but it's I've got heaps of space. So, mate, the cucumbers, <laughs> how, how can we get those going as well? Yeah, look, let's talk about varieties first. Um, it really comes down to personal preference. There's there's lots of different varieties. Um, you know, people grow burpless cucumbers, the Lebanese, the long green ones, the continentals as they call them, um, crystal apples, and some people even love the little gherkle, gherkin um, pickling cucumbers. Um, my my favourite is one called the Russian cucumber. I just had one of those this week. I was just going to jump in and say, how about the Russian one? Somebody gave us some from church, the Russian ones. They are so big, but yet they're really sweet and crunchy. Wow. Yeah, and, and yeah so crisp, so hydrating, if you like. And, and um, they grow to about, oh, I don't know, um, three, 30 centimetres to 35 centimetres and up to um, – 100 millimetres, 120 millimetres in diameter sort of thing. Um, they start off as white, but they go golden colour um, starting at one end. And mm. and people look at them and they think, oh, they're going to be bitter when they're that big, but they're not. They're just perfect. Mm. Uh, they're great for growing on the coast here because if you're growing them outside, um, they seem to be able to put up with humid conditions mm. better than the other cucumber. But wow. yeah. Uh. Given that it's they're called of, Russian cucumbers, I almost imagine would be better in the cold. That's yeah. Really interesting. yeah, well, that's right. It's it's a bit strange. I, I'm not sure why they're called Russian, but uh, with that particular variety, I'm I'm a bit of a Johnny Appleseed in the sense that it it works so well on on the east coast here that I, I give seeds to whoever is interested in growing them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And our, our customers um, at our market are, are slowly converting from, you know, the the ever the ever reliable Lebanese cucumbers um, over to the the Russians as well. So yeah, mm, that, well. Um, for those that are familiar with the crystal apple, um, the Russians are very similar to that, but like on steroids in size. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah. Oh, incredible. Okay, so we've got our so, varieties here. What, what's yeah. what's our first steps? You know, when we're looking at uh, our pots, our garden beds, whatever it may be, what are we what are we starting okay. with to get them in? So, really, with with um growing anything, we're we're starting off looking at our soil. So, mm. we want a warm, well drained soil. Um, you know, rich in organic matter. You know, same as what we've talked about before. Nothing special there. Um, they cucumbers love to be in full sun. Um, so, you know, on the north or the eastern side of town is fantastic. Uh, of your house is fantastic. If you put them on the southern side, they're not going to get much sun and they'll struggle. Um. Obviously, we grow them during the warmer parts of the year. And, you know, in Queensland, in the tropics, you can grow them all year round. But the further south you go, the more confined they are to the, the warmer months. Mm-hmm. Um, 
regular watering um, as normal. You know, the soil needs to be kept moist. And, um, yeah, that's that's the basics. Mm, okay, yeah. yeah. How, how regular yeah. are we talking with the watering? <laughs> uh, what was that, sorry? How regular with the watering? Like, are we talking uh, daily? Are we talking... It really there. depends on the. It really depends on the climatic conditions. Like um, Monday here was an absolute scorcher. You know, we we're up mm. nearly to forty degrees. Um, we actually, I actually watered our our cucumbers twice that day because there was so much transpiration and they were wilting in response to the heat. Wow. Um, yeah, but you know, um, yesterday and today it's in the low twenties and overcast and a drizzle, and I'm not going to even bother. Um, to water them. So, mm. yeah, that's that's a long answer to a simple question. Excellent. Thank yeah. you. Mm. Yep. And then um, <clears throat> you can – obviously, we grow cucumbers from seed, so you can either sow them directly into your garden bed or you can plant them in, in trays or punnets for transplanting later on. Mm. Um, mm. And usually you put them uh, about a centimetre deep, I guess, um, is about right for the size of the cucumber seed. Just remember that the smaller the seed you're planting, the the shallower you plant it because um, it doesn't have so much. You know, a large seed has a lot of energy and can push, you know, that growing shoot through to the soil surface pretty easy. But a tiny seed, not so much energy, and so you don't plant them as deep. Mm. Uh, Usually takes about a week to ten days for the cucumber seeds to emerge, um, and then off they go. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. dude. This is this is like this is the thing I'm finding. It's like you do like when I when we kept planted our beds, did the prep work. You know, got got you know pulled out all the big sticks and whatnot in the beds, pulled out all of the debris and mm. and just left that soil and that you know turned it over. Like and then from there it was just like oh yep, chuck it in and water it and just make sure it. It does well, and it sounds like cucumbers are, are the same. Like from there, it's just really attending to its needs, but it's very not needy. We've had those hot days down here as well. Uh, you know, we've had some hot days, but you just water it a couple of times. Cucumbers just sounding the same. Just, yeah. Man, yeah. just chuck no, it in and right. it grows. Easy than it sounds in some ways, yeah. yeah okay, I- we, we need to establish this as a challenge. Sorry to cut you off there, Rod, but if, I, if I'm gardening... Mate, the listeners need to start gardening too. You, we we mm. believe in you. And especially that Rod's giving us the tips this morning of like the best way to go about it and and regularly as well here on The Breakfast Show. We want to see some people, we want to see some thumbs turn green. Yeah. You know, we want to see some people getting in their gardens, taking on the challenge of, mm. of gardening and then letting us know here at Faith FM. And picture proof. That's right. Yeah. Picks or it didn't happen. That's our, that's <laughs> our, that's our, uh, that's our standard here at Faith FM. Get, get into the garden, guys. This is really exciting. Exciting. Yeah, have like lettuce wars with Lawson. See who can actually get yeah. to that planting stage first. That's right. get get in there. Yeah, <laughs> who can grow yeah. the best lettuces? Sounds oh. fantastic. Mm. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll give I'll give you a tip mm-hmm. that might give you the edge in the in the cucumber challenge. Yes, mm. um, cucumbers I've found do best when you grow them up a trellis as opposed to trailing on the ground. Mm. Now. Um, they can just wander across the ground and they're fine, but especially if you've got a humid or wet climate like like we have on the coast here, you get them up um, off the ground and into the air. They're less they they seem to get less fungal diseases, yeah. and uh, and also the the fruit are just right there ready to pick. 
Um, so you don't have to go digging around in their leaves looking for them. You can actually find them there. Yeah. Um, so in our in our market garden, we actually grow them up a string. So we have some wires because we grow we grow our cucumbers under plastic in our one of our poly houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have wires stringing up along above the the beds of cucumbers, and then we just um, run a string down from that wire and we tie it on near the base of the plant. We don't tie it so tight that when when the uh, stem swells as it grows that it the, the string, you know, kind of, um, what's the word, um, chokes mm. chokes the stem. We just leave it loose. We, we tie it under one of the leaves. And then every week or so, because they'll grow 30 to 40 centimetres a week, sometimes 50 centimetres a week. And so we just... We just gently um, train them in a anti-clockwise manner around the string, okay? And mm. they just grow up there. And, yeah, that's that's a big tip for me, um, growing. You can grow it up, grow it up a, a stake or put tripods or put pieces of um, wire netting, like ring, knot, rock, ring lock netting around them. Mm. It's really helpful to get them up off the ground. Mm, absolutely. Okay, get them up off the ground, get them hanging on a trellis. I was just looking at mm. trellises then on the uh, on internet as you were talking about it. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, mate, just, just hang, hang them off there. And, dude, you'll have cucumber salad in no time, mm. supplied directly <laughs> from Russia. That's amazing. Um, it's kind of a joke. But, but um, no, that's, that's really, really exciting, Rod. We have about a minute left. Is there anything that you want to leave with us? I'll give you a tip that if you are, it's best to transplant all seedlings on a on a cooler day, preferably yes. cloudy sort of thing. Mm. Um, but if mm. you're planting, have to plant it on a hot day. Just give it a bit of shade um, mm. for three days or until it cools down. Mm. Um, and it doesn't hurt to give them a bit of liquid fertilizer every now and then. You can buy all sorts of liquid fertilizer, or you can put some of that manure you bought, or some dynamic lifter or something in some water and um, let it let it go into the water and then you know top up their 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 um nutrition every week or every couple of weeks to keep that growth going and um yeah and then it'll be soon it'll be harvest after you know eight or ten weeks and um then you'll be enjoying cucumbers in your salad absolutely guys exciting stuff rod thank you so much for joining us and we're super keen to get on this on this cucumber challenge Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.